Hey, Adam. Yes? What are the seven greatest jazz solos? Asterix. Wait, what does the asterisk stand for? I knew for? that was going to throw you off. Okay. Stay tuned. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming at you whenever we're ready to give it to you. Whenever, oh, or, or every week, Thursday. Week, week, weekly. <laughs> weekly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or every Thursday at 3 a.m. Yeah, Eastern yeah, Thursday. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I got aggressive, but then I pulled it back. You but, did. You know. This week's we podcast, like every week, is sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com to check out all of our jazz courses. Peter, mm. what do you got for us today? Well, today we are going to talk about the seven greatest jazz solos. Okay. Asterix. What what's with the asterix, bro? Because I'm I'm always excited by asterix. You know what I mean? Like like I feel like no, you know, we're both big sports fans. You're more hockey, I'm more basketball, but we've we've attended okay. our last professional um uh, sporting event we actually attended together, I believe. Oh, the basketball the, game, the NBA game. In that New was Orleans. my first and last <laughs> NBA game. But it's probably the last thing you've been to. It was. It was right. awesome. That was such a fun time. That was a fun time. Yeah. Um, but there would be the question, like when we talk about that, sometimes we get into discussions about what's the greatest game, greatest player. Well, I'd say it's Will Chamberlain, but I have to put an asterisk on it. Like it always. I love that because it's right. you're, you're qualifying it. a yeah. little Yeah. So you're qualifying these solos then. I'm absolutely qualifying. Saying. These are the seven greatest jazz jazz solos for you, you as in you, me, you, you, dear listener, everybody. To learn today. So wait, I have to learn these today, or I can learn no, these today you can't. if I want to. Well, these would be the greatest ones for you. Oh, to learn I today. get it. So this is like we have a list here of greatest solos, but these are also really handy if we're learning how to play the music. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And this okay. was this is also a little bit of a cop out, as as asterisks often are. Say what? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> that doesn't sound like no. Us. If you make a title, the seven greatest jazz solos, like that's rife for. Oh my gosh, dispute. We should, Why did you leave yeah. out uh, Ahmad Jamal? Why did you leave out Keith Jarrett? But Why we've you... <laughs> we've got to do an episode someday of this is the greatest jazz solo of all time. No asterisks. What? what? And just like really go dogmatic and oh, and like just know. plant the flag. You know, that would be a. a Flag, a, a flag planting day. Today is more of an asterisk day, though. So we're really opening ourselves up. But on a serious note, what we're really thinking about here, and look, this could should be qualified as, as much anyway because there's so many great souls, but we're always touting the benefits. I mean, look, that's what the you'll hear it concept is based upon. How do you get to the point where you'll hear it or at least have the possibility to be able to hear it? How do you work on your ears? Yeah, we're trying. The to... most effective thing that we're always saying, and we've done so many episodes and, and are constantly, um, you know, supporting the concept of learning souls, the joy of learning souls, the joy of the side benefit, if not the primary benefit, being jazz ear training, developing your ears in the specific ways that are going to benefit you as an improvising jazz musician. And it, to me and to us, and I think to really there's there's a lot of just strong historical um, evidence of this if you look at great jazz players that we know, that we've read about, that wait um, was that some was that a hint are we doing evidence <laughs> we're, ooh, we could do that we that wouldn't be a bad one but i mean the fact that you know doing a lot of learning of solos and notice we're not saying transcribe not today at least i mean we well we'll talk a little bit about that but this is really about learning souls these are great souls to learn and the other part of the asterisk is more of a positive side which is these are for 
any instrument. Okay, some of them are piano souls. That's great. Some of them are saxophone souls. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, you know, but we even have a bass solo in there. But that doesn't mean that even if even though you don't play bass, you shouldn't learn this solo though, right? No. Yeah. Au contraire, mon frère. Yeah. You, these are solos that we are have handpicked oh, buddy. that like are appropriate for all instruments. I like where your head is at because I was just talking to someone about how you can actually really grow a lot by transcribing instruments that aren't your own. Yeah. You know, you just learn a lot about, first of all, you learn about other instruments, which can be very, very handy yes. as you play with other instruments. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, you know, uh, trumpet players look at melodic lines, I think, differently than guitarists yes. or pianists do. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's really, really... I think helpful to see how they look at them. Absolutely. And I mean, the thing I like about it too, is that um, whenever you learn a solo on a different instrument, you're immediately taking, taken out of uh, the potential to be doing something that is typical, maybe even stereotypical uh, and comfortable for your instrument. Okay. So in other words, if I'm a pianist as I am, and I've learned a whole bunch of Herbie Hancock solos, they're all going to be great, but I, I will start to learn enough about his style and like how he likes to position his hands and the kind of, you know, things that he wants to do that are just purely pianistic and they're wonderful and we can learn so much from that. But they're still going to always be pianistic because he's one of our most pianistic, or one of our greatest pianists. Exactly. As soon as I go to another instrument, I'm, I'm having to add in that other layer of taking what they're playing musically only. Yeah. Um, and apply that and, and use my own pianistic skills to pull out of the instrument that same kind of swing and groove and musical feeling. And so that works on another part um, of our brain and our musicality along with the ear training. That It's really part of ear training, but it's another thing along with the more traditional parts of ear training, identifying intervals yeah. and, and chords and stuff like that, that we learn from the solo transcription, solo learning process, I should say. All right, well, I love it. So the seven greatest solos, uh, jazz solos to learn today. Seven greatest jazz solos to learn today. So what's number one? And you one? know what, to be honest, oh. it applies to tomorrow too. Okay. I don't know about next week. But you don't have to learn all seven today. You don't right? have to do them okay. all seven. I mean, now a month from now, I don't know. There might be some better ones. So this list has a shelf life, but it's it's longer than today. Okay, well, let's let's kick it off. What do we got for uh, the first one? Okay, so for number one, and these are in not these are not ranked order. Good. They are just because they're all great. Uh, we have Olio from Live at the Black Hawk. I believe this is Saturday night, uh, or no, probably Friday night. Um, Miles Davis, uh-huh. and so um, oh, am I playing it from over here? Yeah, I yeah. can play it from over no, here no, if I you like. You. I got oh, you. Buddy, come on. I guess I should have probably thought about where the solos are within the context, but we're, you know what? We're going to get that. Okay, let's just start at the beginning so we hear the melody at least on this Absolutely, one Absolutely, yeah. No, 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 no. That doesn't sound Sorry, like... Sorry. I got gotcha, you. I got okay, you. Here's <laughs> Oleo Live at the Black That was just to throw you off. Please. Yeah. PC. Wait, Kelly. She became. Okay, that line right there, that's going to be a challenge. I'm going to put it out there. Full There's disclosure. a lot of challenge here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, that, 
Go ahead. Yeah. I, no, I was going to say uh, this is this would be a great one for any tune or sound slice transcription. I would say absolutely. And you know, traditionally, I've been a little bit dogmatic against that, but I'm, I'm glad you said that. that. Was exactly what I was thinking. You can slow this puppy down because actually, it's fast. It's hard to hear. Yeah. And there's some there's some cacks. Yeah. yeah. And then the way that you kind of grade this for what your level is um, is to say, okay, if you if you're pretty high level ear training and and experience with learning solos like you could learn this in real time maybe the whole solos except that line we just heard but if we jump back here to mm. so once you learn you know he's got a lot of whole tone moving chromatically kind of things once you pick those up you can actually if you're more advanced learn this without slowing it down you need to slow it down no problem and then this is probably the second chorus now second bridge but if you go back to the beginning of that second chorus check it out yeah it's just a it's just a clinic on playing melodically but at a very fast tempo that's really hard to do in miles and master at it of course exactly and yeah. so that's a phrase there where it's going to be a little bit easier you know like it's pretty easy. It's diatonic within the B flat. He's floating above. He's not trying to play every single change like he was in the first chorus. So you'll be able to get those notes. But then you want to be concentrating on the phrasing, playing along with the recording. You know, yeah. of course, it's gonna be harder on the piano. Yeah, do that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, cool. Now we're not gonna be able to listen to the complete souls of everything, but we'll see how far. Let's see how far. I love Miles solos for for learning, man. Yeah, just because of this part's really easy to learn because he's laying out. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Space phrasing. So, so, so that kind of stuff. Really exciting to learn that on different instruments. You might be like, oh, I can't do that like on a trumpet. No, but you can approximate it, and that's where you can really start to discover new things that are not typical for your instrument that can be very exciting to infuse into your playing. I love it, man. Great yeah. choice. Yeah. Okay, so I think we got enough of that. I mean, that's just a, a great solo. It's it's one of the more challenging. I wanted to kind of come out the gate with something a little bit challenging. Oh, that's great. Um, but there you go. Cool. Um, next, we're going to jump around, I think like we said on this, yeah. um, and we're going to go with Kenny Kirkland, I love it. So we are going to go to pianist now. Not you know, no nothing problem. wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong with going to pianist. I think this is the only pianist. No, there, there, we have two pianists. So yeah, we have two pianists. Hint, hint there for you. Yeah, uh, we have some great pianists, but in terms of the actual souls, so this is Kenny Kirkland, um, solo on Delphio's Dilemma from Black Codes from the Underground, nineteen eighty-five, and the song starts for the. That's the beginning. Nice, fun stuff there. Um, and I'm going to jump right up to the piano solo. All the solos are great. Winton, Branford, good solos. But we're going to be focusing on the Kenny Kirkland solo. There's a little hint, there's a 3-4 bar in this tune. 
on. Don't you want to know that? <laughs> exactly. Don't you want to learn that? Woo! That's gonna be. That's 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 a lot of Lydian fun right there. We call that G Lydian fun all up in there. That's so good. So yeah, this solo is just. Can we just keep it here? great thing about this all this stuff so far he does get into some stuff that's gonna be a little harder on other instruments but it's all playable with slight ad adaptation on any instrument so i mean just think about if you're like an alto player and you've learned a kenny kirkland solo come on now yeah. how exciting is that trombone give it a go i didn't say anybody <laughs> but, I mean, yeah no but i mean maybe. hey i mean there's yeah. some really talented trombonists out there, there are probably yeah. play that yeah um, and you can certainly take parts of it too. That's another thing. Like we've gotten, I've, I've gotten, I've become a big softy, Adam. I'm not going to lie. I accept any tune or amazing slow downer. You can just learn parts of solos. Oh, I used to be so dog, cracking dog the dogma. You don't even have to learn the left hand anymore. I oh, mean, I'm like, Peter, well, I don't know. don't be an animal about it. Come on, man. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a great solo to learn. Highly recommend Delphius Dilemma, Kenny Kirkland. Um, okay, next. You ready? Ready to move on? Let's, let's go. What you okay, got? we're going to a classic solo. I think this has been listed before on this very podcast. I'm just, I'm looking at this list. I think these are all kind of classics in their own way, right? Well, I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's the it's the greatest jazz solos to learn. We can't go with some some chump, so, chump solo. I mean, there's some classics and then there's some classics. This is a classic. This is a classic. I mean, this we probably referred to as the greatest jazz solo of all time, possibly the first great jazz solo. It's a lot of different things. But this is really super valuable and probably from what we've heard so far, the most accessible on any instrument, except the original <laughs> instrument it's on for anyone to learn, I would say. It's, it's one of those solos that's probably easier to learn on anything but trumpet, and this is the great Louis Armstrong's West End Blues. Okay, stop right there. Go learn that. It's, 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 That's it, all you got to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, But learn it like with the exact phrasing. The exact phrasing. As close as you can. But mainly just the feel. The notes are not going to be that hard to get. The reason I said I think it's harder on trumpet than anything is because you're going to be competing against Louis Armstrong. And I think if anything, you know, whether you love his style, I don't know anybody that hates his style, but some people are like, ah, that's old and dated. Well, whatever. Um, uh, the idea that you can glean from this. There's nothing that dated about what he just did, though. That's I don't think so. Timeless. But, that I, stuff but I've is, heard, man. you know, you know, what some of these kids are saying. No, it's not the kids. It's probably some other people. But check, check this out. Like, I mean, it's just a, this next phrase here. If you can learn to play that on your instrument and phrase it like that, you will know what swing is. Now, you don't have to play like just like that in that way, but you'll like people are like, how do I know when I'm swinging or whatever? You got to have a reference point, like a commonality to this. And then there's so many different ways to adapt it. But that's kind of like your OG mm. swing feel there. So you're getting it from the source. Love it. Yeah. So we'll keep listening a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Tone. 
And I mean, just that phrase, like when you get that, like in terms of this, just like, you know, how to navigate melody with that really uh, nuanced and advanced harmonic information within there. Like that's a great example of that. And you don't have to even understand it on that deep of a level, but just like that phrase gives you that outlining of the harmony within the melodic phrase in a way that you can apply that to so many different parts of your playing in a really intuitive way I beautiful would say. beautiful yeah beautiful and it goes on and on from that we're not gonna we're not gonna go all i mean it's, it's a great solo it's a great solo. Know? and of course we'll solo. have a link here to the spotify playlist that we have for this uh, episode yeah because we have many spotify playlists over on our spotify channel so check that yeah. out uh, what do you got num for number and, four? And I would just say, too, for the the Spotify or wherever you listen to this, it's so important. If you're going to learn these solos, the first thing to do is what, Adam? Sing them. Listen to them. Listen. Over and over again. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. He, look, he's off his game. Number one? Sin listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Play the spot, play play the playlist like for days or weeks or whatever, so you can sing along with these. And then, like as you're learning one, be listening to the next one, That's even right. if you're just doing it phrase by phrase or chorus by chorus. But like before you even starting these solos, you really can do yourself a service to have, you know, certainly listen to it to the point where you know it already. You might not know where any of the notes are, but you can sing along with it and know what's happening. Yeah, really making your own playlist can be very handy for this too, of having like a transcription playlist going yeah. at all times where you're absorbing things sometimes for weeks or months before you actually get down to the business of learning it. Right. Really handy to have. You know what we call it? What? Getting down to the business. To the business, the right. The business. But you want to prep. You want to you spend your time prepping. It's, yep. It pays off in the end. Mm, who's sure. dogmatic now? I ain't this guy. This guy is. <laughs> who's got two thumbs and is dogmatic? This dude. <laughs> um, okay, good. So now we're going to move on to number four. And this is um, one that we've talked about often as probably the most recommended, if not the greatest, or you can give it all sorts of superlatives. But I think we've re recommended this solo more than ever. But we're always talking about it for pianists. And I wanted to just look at it a little bit from the, from the lens of, um, of any instrument because as we said earlier I feel like we're not transcribing enough other things so if you're a horn player and you've been wanting to delve into some piano solos I think this is one of the most successful a singer a drummer a vibraphone really any instrument and this is of course the great uh, Freddie Freeloader solo by the great Wynn Kelly from a certain record called K.O.B. K.O.B. Cobb Jimmy Cobb uh, no that's different kind of blue Although Jimmy Cobb is on this, so this solo and do we have the transcription of it here? We do. We have. Uh, we. Have, I mean, we've had this transcription. Look at that. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Can so we, we just listen to it? We right can listen there? to it, and then uh, we'll link to this video. This is from an open studio YouTube video. This is your transcription of it. Peter. This is. I yeah. dare I say it's the definitive. Oh, you know, maybe we can do this, and then we can go here. No, do we want to do that? Oh, that looks great. Okay. Look at that. So this is. I. I think it's. I, I, the only reason I transcribe this, and because I'd learned this long ago, but I, at a couple years ago I transcribed because I was a little bit frustrated with some of the transcriptions I was seeing. They were either overly detailed or not detailed enough. So hopefully I hit the, you know, middle ground. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can um, we'll put a link below where you can get a free copy of this. I believe. PDF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's check it out. Okay.
So I got. I'm glad I put some of those accents in. Hopefully not too many, but they're kind of important. Yeah, no, 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 you got it. So, okay, so I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of different things in this solo, but um, the accents, the simplicity, the, uh, like, right, even here, what you're seeing, oh, here, here I am, like in that bar that's on screen now, what is that? Uh, so those transitions between the 16th notes and 8th notes triplets, this is a clinic in that, you know, and so for all instruments, like once you learn how to do that, you, you can really, and you don't have to do it just like Wayne Kelly, it's not about that, but this is a way to do that, and it's a way to hear it, and it's a way to pull that into your playing as a possibility, and it's such an essential thing, and so a lot of people will be like, well, I can't play those octaves, so this is more for pianists, you know. But that's, you know, you just just play the single line. It's really more about the musicality, the melodic ideas, the way that he lays these phrases into that groove and the way that he plays with the rhythm section, which is applicable to all instruments. That's really great, man. And your transcription is spot on. I'm, I don't, don't overthink your accents at all. I think you did the right thing there. And the staccatos and, and slurs as well. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, my, my thing is like, don't make it overly fussy, but put some in. You, look, you can never, and you never need to explain every part. That's why we have the recordings. And not everything needs to be in the page. Otherwise, we just get rid of the recordings and everyone can sit and play it just like that. No, but it's, it's not a visual art form at all. It's not so a visual art form. But this one's fun to kind of look at. And especially like for like looking at some of the left-hand voicings and stuff for, for pianists specifically um but this this is a great one to learn phrase by phrase chorus by chorus i believe it's four choruses this is probably the most accessible of all the solos i mean west end blues you could say of the ones we're doing today is yeah, i got one number seven that's probably that's gonna blow my mind no it's very accessible though. that's true yeah that is true all right so now should we move to something completely different let's do it okay so this is um, next we have Roy Hargrove. Ever heard of him? I have. Okay. Indeed. And this one I wanted to put in because I think a lot of people don't probably haven't heard it. Well, you might've heard it, but you might not be thinking about it as a great solo to learn, but this is one because it's over kind of a, a vamp or, or a more of a static harmonic situation that you can take because I'm not dogmatic anymore. I'm going to allow this. You can take like just individual phrases sections you can kind of decide what parts you like you can pick and choose this is a buffet this is a buffet a buffet a buffet what did you just say well it's like a, i don't want to be too french and you know buffet it's a that. buffet he said a buffet <laughs> this is a buffet is that the correct pronunciation amazing a buffet so you can pick and choose uh, of course you're going to learn more if you learn the whole thing but this is not one that you need to be as dogmatic because there's just a lot of really cool things there's a lot of great outside playing mostly groove we're, we're into a different kind of a groove but still very much applicable to most of the stuff anything that we're playing jazz it's not about the groove it's about how you lay into it and so nobody did it better than roy so we're going to start his solo as i recall starts pretty early on because this is just sort of a, a jam type of situation but this is pastor t from his wonderful um R.H. Factor album, Hard Groove. Uh, so we're already into it. I mean, 
So already. I'm good. That's great. Like what you will learn about. And this is this one's nice because the notes, at least at the beginning, are somewhat accessible. But the rhythmic precision may not be as like that's the thing that you're working on. But that's the joy of it. When you're transcribing these kind of things, you want to be thinking about. I mean, you don't have to think about what you're going to get out of it because if the more accurate you are with learning it by ear, you're going to get the benefits of it. You know, it's yeah, going to oh, seep yeah, into yeah. you. But if you can kind of be thinking about like, why am I learning this? Like what what makes this unique? What makes this solo great to learn? That'll help, I think, as well. Yeah, we are big advocates for learning these by ear, not really writing them out, but really just playing along. That's when we say transcribe. That's why I'm glad you said seven greatest gestures to learn today and that's not right. to transcribe because transcribe implies writing it out and we don't want to do that. We want to play along with no. these records if we can. So. That's right. I mean, not to say that if you learned it and then wrote it out, as we've talked about before, you wouldn't get something out of it, but you're going to get 90% of your, um, your knowledge base, I would say, from learning it. So let's just... See, already you got, you already got a great idea from Roy. Thank you, Roy Hart. Boop, 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 bop, bop, bop. He syncopated, he, he, he offset that already, that same that, a, a question, then an Beautiful. answer. You know, how many times can you apply that? Uh. Okay, that's kind of your first outside phrase there. So, like, you know, you can really pick and choose what you want to learn and how you want to learn this. Was there was a player who was ever more of a natural? And by a natural, I mean, you know, there's nothing contrived about his playing at right. all. It just seems just like he's here hanging and talking. You exactly. Know? And it's the same vibe as when he's playing. And it's that Beautiful. kind of, I totally agree, it's that kind of authenticity that is like, he's so uncontrived or ill-contrived that... Even when he plays something that for 99% of the population would come out sounding. I think ill-contrived would not be good. Ill-conceived. Yeah. That was an ill-conceived use of that uh, yeah. vernacular by myself, I would say. But the fact that like Roy can play stuff that other people play sounds contrived. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when he plays it, because he's such an uncontrived player, to your point, that he can just be authentic. Because we all want to. And look, as we learn to play and get better in this music, I think that we we shed a lot of our inhibitions as far as like, oh, I don't want to play that because I don't want people to think I sound in this way. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get to be an advanced player thinking like that. You have to be fearless. And part of being fearless in your playing is being willing to play something that could sound contrived, you know? Mm -hmm. And if that means be doo be bow then that's what you play. Mm -hmm. Do you ever play that? Well, only when it's when it's discontrived <laughs> do I play that. You're gonna deconstruct decontrive that that phrase. Yeah, sorry. Was that recontrived what I just said? <laughs> if we have any faults that we use contrived to be different ways. I mean phrasing? Wow. Construction. Uh. Building, build up the, build up the building blocks. Space, take it out. Go up to the upper limits. Bring it back home. Space, bridge. Huh. 
blues. Oh, dopeo blues. He went dopeo blues. I mean, it's all there. Because he went dopio blues. He went... Like, he stacked one yeah. blues on top of another blues uh, scale formation there. So, I mean, this is so much fun stuff. And then the joy. I mean, you're never going to get tired of listening to that. And you yeah. just feel like you're right there on the edge of the stage. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know. Wow. I know. Wow. Good stuff. Um, how are we doing here? It's a pretty good list, man. That's not bad, man. I mean, it might have been the last minute, bad, but I, I brought it. You no, know, when, when I lacked okay. in preparation, I made up for in quality. You're a pro, <laughs> bro. You're a pro. Okay, so we've got two more, and full disclosure, number seven is going to blow your mind. It is a bassist, and it was presented by not yours, Julie, yours, Julie, Adam Manis. But first, this is a recommendation for our friend, friend of the podcast, yeah. early guest. Yeah. Don't know if you remember that. In the other room, okay. Sean Weil. Yeah, Sean Weil. Big yeah. shout out to Sean, brother Sean, out of the south side of Chicago. Um, and this is, I'm so glad he mentioned this because I was thinking about, like, we got to have a Charlie Parker solo on this. Of course. Because what, greatest solos, but also just so value-packed with information. We always love that intersection of stuff that's so fun to listen to, but also to learn and, and, and learn from as we're learning the solo. But Charlie Parker, because um, he's so fundamental in how he set up and so influential in terms of that bebop language that has been used. I mean, you certainly hear it all the way up to Roy Hargrove and all the way up to today, the great young players, really the foundation of that, that, you know, how can you leave them off? But this solo is a little bit unusual uh, in that I don't think a lot of people learn this except for saxophone players, but it's great. I, and he just told me about it today, and I'm, I'm going to go learn this. This is going to be my next Charlie Parker solo, I'm going to tell you that. And this is, I didn't know what time it was from his wonderful Charlie Parker with Strings. Please ignore the oboe. Focus on <coughs> the alto. <laughs> oh, you want to listen to that oboe again? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, I mean, big shout out to Mitch Miller. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a tone. <laughs> That's a tone. So we're, we're at this, you know, going into the bridge here. You have two A's. I would recommend this is, uh, this is, I mean, you can't go wrong with learning any of this stuff, like where you're going to, so I'm going to learn the head or just the solo. We normally talk about just the soul. This is one I would recommend learning the head as well. Mm. Again, especially for non-saxophone players. I mean, for saxophone players, you, I mean, it's, it's next level. But for everybody to learn the way that he had little subtle changes to his phrasing and approach, structural approach to playing the melody. And this is, you know, often played as a ballad. And it's, I mean, this is kind of a ballad for during that time when they were trying to fit it into, I mean, it is, it's a walking ballad. But the way that he phrases this and uses the, the time and the little bit of very simple flourishes on there, the way he's playing, um, I think are so valuable to developing your vocabulary to like, how do you play these 
you know, these melodies in a way that's interesting without just improvising over them, mm. you know, like really getting the essence of the melody, but putting your own stamp on it. I think that um, Charlie Parker was fantastic at that. Yeah. I don't know. No, I love Charlie Parker. I agree. I yeah. agree. And you picked a good one. Actually, Sean picked a good one. Well, so yeah. Okay. I hate see. to give Sean too much credit. That's there, right. but No, this is a great one. This is not one I think we would have picked, but right, the perfect exactly. one to learn today. Right. So For let sure. me just jump to the solo a little bit on here. I mean, the head's all great. Because they kind of go back and forth with strings. And let me just say, hold on. I didn't want to, I should have thrown shade on Mitch Miller. It's, it's the, the lines that were assigned to him. And he might have been the arranger now that I think of it. What are you talking about? Don't want to throw shade on Mitch Miller. No, I mean, he's playing very well. It's just such an awkward... Is he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is. I guess so. No, I mean, it's like, it's in tune. It's it's a little bit dated, almost. I don't know. That's what you want people to talk about. I'm not an oboe expert. Did they play in tune? They were in tune? Uh, <laughs> no, must, I'm have... saying he's playing the right notes assigned to him. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's very hard to play in between on another horn in between Charlie Parker lines when he's improvising and you're playing a little bit of a stale line, perhaps, that's a little bit awkward. I don't know. I don't like it, though. I'm going to admit that. that is, is that wrong of me? I mean, <laughs> the name of the album is Charlie Parker with Strings. Yeah. I don't remember an oboe <laughs> having a set of strings on it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and the strings sound beautiful. I'm, yeah, the strings are killing. And I, I, I no show it on the oboe too. I love it as the instrument. I just don't. You got, you got Charlie, you got Charles Parker on the reeds. <laughs> I know we're already trying to fit into just a few minutes. They, there's no time to waste. Well, so, someone would have thought. But you know what? Hindsight is twenty twenty. That's very easy. We are arm t- armchair arrangers on this, Adam. Like we're, it's easy for us to sit back in our comfortable pod suite here and judge, lest we not be judged. Uh, with no, you're not buying it. You're I'm like, not uh, buying it. You're a better arranger than that. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Here we go. Ah. Woo! Okay, right there. That I mean, come on. Going into double time and then just oh, so gracefully coming out of it, and that's not a hard line to learn. I mean, that that's like I mean, it's not you know I haven't learned it yet, but I'm gonna learn it. You know what it is? You what? know what you know what bugs me about <laughs> specifically the Mitch Miller part of this album, dude. I'm talking about how great the I, I'm, I know, I'm, but I'm looking at the glass is half empty, man. What's once up? you hear Bird blow on this, you're like, why <laughs> the would they ever? <laughs> Do anything but that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. having the strings, the string ranging is spot on. It's chef's kiss. Ah, love it. But I think the oboe is too much. <laughs> really? You've been so unclear. In, uh, okay, about just keep, keep, keep playing the solo. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. I mean, this is like, this is gold for, for, for your bebop vocab. You know, don't just think about... The fast, crazy Charlie Parker solos that you're like, that's never accessible. This is accessible. This is not going to be an easy learn, but you take this bad boy phrase by phrase. That's a fun week. That's a valuable, fun week for you. For sure. That's a great week. Yeah. Yeah. And if you play the oboe, it's going to seem like you should learn the oboe solo. No. Learn the Charlie Parker Parker solo. (laughs) Big shout out to Mitch Miller's It's 
unnecessary. That's not necessary. Is that an oboe there? I don't know. Like a bass oboe or something? All right, so that's, yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself. We we overspoke about it. And uh, Charlie Parker with strings, I didn't know what time it was. Um, <laughs> so this brings us to getting close to the end, and we're going to have a quick... Uh, this is our sponsor music. Uh. It's the You'll Hear It podcast. Sponsored by OpenStudioJazz.com Why am I talking like this? Because <laughs> we're trying to play at the same time <laughs> It's not as easy as it looks Uh, we haven't played it in a little bit on the podcast uh-uh. Oh, I just realized I'm not supposed to be playing with my injured hand I can't stop, I can't stop me Don't talk, don't tell Dr. Chuck Yeah, I better stop Oh, that's amazing, so I just kind of Yeah, so had a little bit of a hand hey, injury. Hey, buddy. It's my first time playing. Buddy, the game. fish got to swim. Fish got to swim. <laughs> You're yeah, a piano I, player. That, that, that wasn't smart. Anyway, that's how much I love you guys and, and Adam and our dear listeners and Open Studio Jazz. Big shout out to Open Studio for sponsoring us week after week with, with our beautiful pod, pod suite here. And we are giving you, we gave you six of the seven greatest jazz solos asterisks today for you to learn. Uh, we're about to give you number seven. And this is an exciting one because we're going to go into an area that. Actually, I've learned a, f- well, I haven't learned very many bass solos. I can think of two I learned over the years. Yeah, but I learned a lot of bass lines. I got obsessed with like transcribing bass lines at, at a a certain period, and because I was doing, I love transcribing or learning, as we say, um, and I I just wanted to hear that register. And I don't know, it was something about the logic of the way great bass lines was put together and I, and I was playing some solo piano gigs and I wanted to learn how to walk a bass although that later on that didn't really become an important part I felt like of my style but yeah I want to learn how to do it so I've, I've transcribed a lot of bass lines but way more than bass solos well you know what it is about bass solos it's so great is I think bassists are they're always so con- great bassists they're always so connected with the changes with the mm. root right that's their it's in their soul to yeah. provide that bottom end for you that in their solos you can I can always hear the changes so clearly in bass yeah. solos great bass solos again absolutely and so I I think there's a lot to be learned. Would you mind? Could we just go out on this track? Because if people don't know this album, don't, now you do. Don't sleep on the <laughs> 1991 Greens from Benny Green. <clears throat> this is the title track, and we should just listen to. I think we should listen to all of it up up through the bass solo. Okay, if you don't mind. Absolutely, it's not very long, and it's a blues. It's a really fun track, and just to hear Benny's solo on it too is is kind of fun. So yeah, and look, this is Christian McBride, of course, Benny Green, and Carl Allen, right? Carl Allen, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was. By the way, when we were recording Christian's last course, when Carl and Christian yeah. were there, I know this record so well, and their their other album that they did. I think they did two others with Benny Green. Yeah, and it was so hard for me not to like. <laughs> so, guys, in 1991 on Greens, when you guys played, you know, it was so hard to. Yeah, sorry, it was hard to like not nerd out on them. That's right, right. Uh, but I would just say that you know the great thing about this, I think, and I love this record. But probably Benny, well, for sure Christian would, if if we had called him right before, which I easily could have done. He's in my iPhone, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just a text away. But no, but if I had asked Christian, like, look, we want to feature one of your solos. What do you think is your best solo? First of all, he'd be like, don't, do not Don't use do not use one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because he's a humble guy. But 
great soloist, but I can guarantee you if I pressed him on it, this would not be the solo that he would recommend. He'd be like, I didn't know what I was doing back then. But it's so good, though. But it's so good, and this just further proves, like, we not only are our own worst critic, we are our own worst cheerleader. And, and really, bigger than that, we're the worst ones to really judge the worth and the, you know, the trajectory of what we think is important that we play. We always assume that something later is going to be better because we know more, we learn more. We look back and it's so easy to see what we didn't know at that time. But I think this is a fantastic solo. Agreed. So um, big shout out to Christian McBride and Benny Green and Carl Allen. And apologies, Christian, if this isn't one that you would have played, but there you go. We like it. We like we it. We like it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You'll Here hear we it. go. Greens, you'll hear it. Oh, I'm supposed to be playing it. There you go. Mm -hmm.